1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 28 says, The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper he took the cup, saying, This is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread or drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat the bread or drink from the cup. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to the close of one year and we enter into a new season in our lives, Father, we don't want to miss this opportunity to leave what needs to stay in the past behind and to embrace the things that you have truly called us to and those things that truly matter. So, Father, I pray that as we go into this service, Father, into this time of a message, that you would prepare our hearts. Lord, your word says that you search me and you know me from the inside out. And Father, I pray that you would search our hearts today, Lord, that we would be willing to let go and truly examine ourselves and be honest with ourselves and be honest with you today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, today we're going to celebrate communion. I thought uh, really there's no better way to end one year and enter into a new one than to truly celebrate what God has done for us and what that means for us, even moving forward. And so as we prepare our hearts, we are going to do it in three ways, three R's for you here today. Remembrance, repentance, and reconciliation. And I know that can sound somewhat churchy, some of those terms other than remembrance, repentance, and reconciliation. Uh, but I hope that in the midst of all of this, that we can say, God, what do you want to do in my life? What do you need to deal with? Because the truth is, there are things in all of our lives that God needs and wants to deal with. So today, as we prepare our hearts, I want us to be ready to take communion. A lot of times, uh, we do this uh, once a month at the end of service, uh, because Jesus has told us to do this in remembrance of him. But today, we want to slow it down even more to make sure that our Hearts are ready, as the scripture says, that we have prepared our hearts. So there's several ways we're going to be doing this today as we look at those three R's. But one thing I want to give you a heads up on, uh, just because we're doing it out of uh, our usual context so that you can be ready for it. Usually we come up, we take a, a small cup and a piece of bread and we go back to our seats and then we take it together. Today we're going to be preparing our hearts and at the end of the service, our elders and uh, some of our wives are going to be up here. We're going to serve you and 
hopefully you've already prepared your heart by that point. And uh, we're going to take it when we come up here, and then we're going to continue worship as we go back. So I'll explain that more as we go along. But I wanted to give you a heads up that we're doing it a little bit different today as we serve communion. We've also got some different elements that we're going to be doing today. One thing that we're going to do is uh, I've got some helpers that are going to help me pass around some bowls that have a key in them. Now, some of them are a little bit different. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I'm going to ask everybody to take one key out, and you can just hold on to that or set it in the chair next to you. But if you would take one down, pass it around, 99 keys in a bowl, uh, we will get back to that in a moment. Now, if you grew up in church at all, you probably grew up with some form of communion, uh, whether that was the rip and dip or the tiny little cups or the priest who served it to you. I don't know what form that you grew up in. Uh, I think I've told this story before, but I used to sit next to a man who was like a grandfather to me when I was an elementary age kid going to church. And uh, we, we did this style of communion where you tore a piece off and you dipped it in the cup and then you took it. Pretty similar to what we're going to be doing here today. But the man sitting next to me, he said, it works the best if you dip it all the way to the bottom of the cup. And so I went up there, I tore off the biggest piece I could, and I went all the way to the bottom of the cup. And then I walked back down the aisle holding it up like I just ripped the heart out of a lion. I was so proud of myself as juice just ran down my arm. But today, uh, we're going to take communion. And for some of you that that may bring back memories of a religious routine of something that was just done but didn't necessarily hold much meaning for you, for some of you it may hold a lot of meaning, but I want to encourage you in this. This is is one of the two things that Jesus said, I want you to do this. This is a sacrament that I want you to do. Now again, I just gave you another churchy word, sacrament. One thing I learned in one of my classes this last year is what that word truly meant. That word came from when a soldier would remove his sandal, that's where the Latin word comes from, and gives it as a symbol of devotion to the one that he has pledged to serve. So the word sacrament literally comes from taking your sandal off and giving it to somebody else to say, hey, I'm here to serve you. So a sacrament is a symbolic act of signifying who and what it is that we truly serve. So today, as we celebrate communion and we look back at 2018 or maybe even beyond that and all that God has done or maybe just all that you've had to face this year, and we get ready for 2019, I want to close this year with a good perspective on who God is and what he wants to do in our lives. Jesus begins by asking us to remember. He says, do this in remembrance of me. That came up twice in that scripture that we read, right? He says, when you do this, remember. And when he says to remember, he's not just asking you to recall. Okay, yeah, I remember that. When Jesus asks us to remember something, he's asking us to respond. So he's asking us to properly to respond to the redemptive work in our lives, the price that was paid for our lives. Now, there's an implied statement there, I think, that we all have a tendency, a tendency to forget, right? That's why he's saying, don't forget to remember He's saying, I want you to remember something that's very important. I'll be honest. I don't know if there's anybody else in this room who has uh, this issue in their lives. 
But there are times, maybe at least once a day, I don't know, when I walk into one room and go, why did I just come in here? I don't know if any of the rest of you do that, but sometimes I will forget simply walking from one room to the next what I was doing. Or sometimes, if you're ever like me, you've got something that you need to keep in an important place, so you put it in a very unique place where you will definitely not forget where it is. And then you go to look for it, right? And you cannot remember at all where you have put that thing. I think the scariest thing to me, though, is how easily we can forget the weight of God's mercy and the goodness of his love in the midst of the fact that you're going to go home from here and you've got bills to pay and you've got a house to clean and you've got Christmas decorations to take down and you've got expectations from family and you've got just life that is happening in the midst of life. We can easily forget the goodness and the grace and the mercy of God. Sometimes we get holy amnesia, I think. Communion is to remind us, don't forget there is a great price that was paid. So as we close out 2018, I want to ask you to do something with me. You all have a key in your hand right now or close to you. I want to say this, remembering is a key to be able to move forward. Remembering what God has done in the past is a key to be able to move forward to what he has for you in the future. I don't know how many times when our family has been at a crossroads where we go, I don't know what's next. I don't know how we're going to make it. I don't know what God wants us to do. And in the midst of being terrified by that, we look at it and go, but God has always been faithful. Why would we doubt that he's going to be faithful now when he's always been faithful all along? So I'm going to ask you to do something with me today. And specifically, I want us to remember the cross of Jesus and his sacrifice. But as we prepare our hearts for communion, I'm going to ask Step to play. And I just want you to have a worshipful heart. And I want you to take just a few minutes and just remember. Remember the good things that God has done in your life. It may not have been in 2018. You may have to go back 20 years to say, I remember how you rescued my life, God. I remember how you restored my marriage, God. But would you take just the next few minutes, that key in your hand, that key to moving forward is remembering that God is always faithful. Let's take a moment and just remember how good he is.
writer of Deuteronomy in chapter 8 describes why remembering is such an important key in our lives. It says, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe His commands, His laws, and His decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large, and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land, with venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you, so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, My power and my strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, For it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms His covenant which He swore to your ancestors as it is today. Dear Lord, I pray that we would never be so vain to think that the goodness that we have in our lives is because of us. Father, You have been faithful even when we haven't recognized Your presence even when we haven't stopped to worship. God, your presence is never far. It's always right there, and your goodness and your kindness are always available. So, Father, whether over this last year, whether we've reached out to you or maybe we've ignored you, God, I thank you that there's nothing that separates us from your love. Father, today we choose to remember you remember the price that was paid for us when we didn't deserve it. In Jesus' name, amen. The next R I want us to look at is repentance. And that's a word we don't necessarily like in our our culture today because it means we have to change something about ourselves. And we don't like that, right? It's like somebody telling you, you need to go on a diet. And I know it's almost the new year, but inside we know I need to do something different. And repentance is simply this, subtracting the sin from your life. The sin of things you're doing but you shouldn't be doing or maybe things you aren't doing but should be doing. Subtracting that sin from your life. My desire is that we would let go of what seems to have a grip on us moving into 2019. Because for all of us, There are things in our lives that have been part of our life in this last year, maybe for generations, that we don't want to take into another year. And we don't want to take into another generation. And we don't want to pass it on to the next generation as well. So I want to simply begin by asking you, what are the things in your life that you need to let go of? I read a great quote in preparing for this message from Abraham Lincoln. He said this way back in 1863 in his proclamation. He said this, We have been recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity 
We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten his gracious hand, which preserves us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and persevering grace. Too proud to pray to the God that made us. It behooves us then to humble ourselves before the offended power to confess our national sins, and I would add our personal sins, and to pray for clemency and forgiveness. The word repentance is used more than 50 times in the New Testament. Again, it literally means turning away from sin and toward God, letting our hearts be changed, our minds to be transformed. And these results have to turn into actions as we change our hearts. Repentance is first an inward act as we turn away from God. God calls us all to repentance. Whether you walk faithfully with God or you've been trying to run away from God, God calls every one of us to repentance. In Revelation chapter 3, we read the final words of Jesus to the church. And of all things that he could have said, his message is to repent. Listen to the words of John as he reads this postcard of Jesus' words to the church of Laodicea. It says this, beginning in verse 15. I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were either you were one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need anything. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I can't counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich. And white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness. And salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they will with me. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. Just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Repentance is not feeling bad about your sin. Repentance is feeling convicted about the fact that your sin offends God to the point that you want to turn away from your sin so that you no longer offend God. And Proverbs 28, 13 says this, Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. 
There are things in your life that I do not want you to take into 2019. There are things in your life that you don't want to take into 2019. They could be big things. They could be small things. A lot of times the way it works is we have the majority of our life that looks pretty good and pretty cleaned up. And we welcome God into all those areas of our lives. But there's a closet in the back. And we keep that closet locked up. Maybe it's because we say, this is the way I was raised. This is the struggle that I've faced all my life. This is the addiction that I can't seem to get over. Or we just try to justify it and say, it's it's really not that bad. But inside, your spirit goes, is that really true? Your mind keeps trying to convince you. Your mind keeps locking the door, but your spirit says no. You need to open that door. I'm going to ask you just symbolically with that key. Would you give God permission to go into every part of your house? To open up the cabinet, the closet that you keep locked? Say, God, I'm going to repent of everything. I don't want to keep anything held back from you. Would you allow God to access every part. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's your struggles. Maybe it's your thoughts. Maybe it's the way you see yourself, your depression, your hatred, your lust, your greed, your addiction. We could go on and on. Dear Heavenly Father, will you search our hearts? Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to every one of us right now that we wouldn't be able to ignore that which we need to repent of. Father, what is it in our lives that offends you? Father, I pray as David prayed, Lord, search my heart and know me. Know anything within me, Father, that is displeasing to you, that is wicked, that offends you. You have the choice. Repentance is a choice. And you can keep that door locked going into 2019. Or today could be a day that transforms the next season of your life. As you repent and you live honestly and give God permission to come in and deal with that area of your life. I'm not saying everything is instantly better when you walk out these doors. But I'm saying you've begun a process of letting God come in and heal and deal with areas of your life. Would you unlock that door for him? God, I pray as we go into another year, It does not have to be another round of the same struggle, of the same mess-ups, of the same poor choices. Father, we ask that you would come in and do what only you can do in our lives. Lord, would you forgive us of the areas that we've held back from you? Father, even here today is a, a family of believers. Lord, would you search our hearts and would you convict us of 
areas of in our life as a church where maybe we've been prayerless, maybe we've been faithless, maybe we've been hypocrites. Father, help us to become the church that you desire us to be. Help us to be your hands and feet. Help us to be the body of Christ in all that we do. Amen. Lastly, in communion, God calls us to reconciliation. Again, it's another kind of churchy word. You can relate it to your bank account. If you reconcile your bank account, in other words, everything is is settled. It's made even. You know exactly where it stands. Some of you are like, yeah, I need... I need to get to that place, right? When we're reconciled with God, everything is is made right. It's made as it should be. As we leave 2018 behind and move into 2019, we need to make sure that some things are made right within our lives. We've begun dealing with God, I hope, as we have repented and we've remembered. God is in the business of making things right. Redeeming things, restoring things, repairing things, reconciling things, changing hostility into friendship, redeeming tension and strife. Paul breaks this down in three ways. We're reconciled to God. Things are made right between us and God. We're also to be reconciled to one another. As things are wrong between us, we need to make those things right. And the third thing that he points out is that we should also be helping others to be reconciled with God. That breaks down into what our mission here is as church. Love God, love others, help people find and follow Jesus. Redeemed with God, redeemed with each other, helping others to find redemption and restoration as well. Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 15, it says this, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For Him all things were created, for for in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority. All things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning of the firstborn from among the dead, so that everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all the fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you as holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. In the Living Bible, it uses the phrase to describe this as God cleared the path for all of us to be able to come to him. God has cleared the path that we and Him. 2 Corinthians 5, this isn't on the screens, but I want to share the scripture with you. 5.17 says, This means anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. He reconciles us 
to him by clearing the path and making things right. And we are to clear the path between us and each other. In Matthew chapter 5, it talks about bringing your gift to the altar in worship. But it says, wait, if you have an issue with somebody else, go make it right first and then come back and bring your gift to God to worship him. Through Jesus, we are reconciled. But the truth is, for some of us moving into 2019, we need to make some things right with some other people. That may even be people here today that you need to make things right with. God is in the business of reconciliation, and he wants us to be in the same business as well. And we can easily look at that and go, but I got a lot of really good reasons why they don't deserve it. And that's absolutely true. Probably what that person did in your life or the way they continue to behave does not deserve your grace and mercy. But neither do we. We do not deserve the grace and the mercy of God. The third part of reconciliation So we are to point others towards reconciliation as well. It goes on in verse 18 to say, And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making this appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be an offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. God has cleared the path for you and I. So when we remember, when we repent, and when we reconcile with God, all things are made right. I heard a story about a father in Spain who had had a falling out with his son. For years, they hadn't spoken to one another. Christmas came around and he thought enough is enough. I want to make things right with my son. But he didn't know how to get a hold of him. Didn't have a phone number, didn't have an address, didn't know where he was. So he did the only thing that he knew to do. He went down to the local newspaper and he took out an ad in the newspaper for his son, Paco. And he put in that article, in that ad, he said, Paco, all is forgiven. All is in the past. Please come home so that this can be made right And he invited Paco to meet him in front of the newspaper office at 12 p.m. the next day. The story goes that there were 600 Pacos waiting in front of the newspaper office because there is something inside of us that wants relationships to be restored and be made right. And I'm asking you, don't let broken relationships steal from your 2019 that have stolen from your 2018. Would you help those things to be reconciled today? You're holding a key today. That key, I encourage you to put it in your pocket or hold it in your hand or leave it in your chair as you come up. But I'm going to ask our elders and their wives that are helping us to serve communion to come on up and I'll join you here in just a moment. I'm going to ask the band to lead us in worship. 
with that key, I want you to remember that remembrance is the key. And I also want to ask you to remember, we're asking you to unlock that part of your life that you need to repent of. In doing so, that key symbolizes God coming in and restoring and making things right that need to be made right going into 2019. The band's going to lead us, and usually we come up from the back of the room to the front of the room. Today, we're just going to ask you to do it on your own. You can do this together as a family or as individuals, but I'm going to ask you to pray. And when you feel like your heart is where it needs to be, you're ready to leave the things of 2018 in the past, and you're ready to give God full permission to work in your life in 2019 going to ask you to come up to one of the couples here at the front. We've got two on each side to help it go a little bit smoother. We're going to serve you communion, and at that time, you can take it right there. You can go back to your seat, and you can continue to worship. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the cross. Lord, I thank you that though I am not good enough, Father, I am a hypocrite in so many ways. I remember your goodness today. And I remember how you have called me and forgiven me. And Lord, I I want to bring to you the repentance of my heart. Lord, I want you to be in control of every minute and every part of my life. And Lord, I welcome you to come and reconcile every part of my life that needs to be reconciled. Today, Father, as we share in the table of the Lord together, as we share the bread and we share the cup, Father, we don't do so flippantly, but Father, we do it with great awe and respect of all that you have done for us. And Father, we do so in faith, believing that a new work is beginning in us as we go into this new year. Father, as you have full control, As your spirit fills us, Father, help us to walk by faith in 2019. Help us to be led by your spirit in all that we do. Lord, we ask this in your name. Amen.